inhabit COVID-19 edition. Self-isolation activated. Bench Gould, chatting to you today over Zoom. Yes. I can hear the sweet intro music in my ears, but you can't. But that's okay because... I can just hear it. Oh, yeah, you can just hear it because my headphone's close to the mic. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Faint sounds. How's, uh, how's life in your self-isolation zone? Uh, look, it's all right. It's, um, I was actually very happy yesterday to be, to be isolated. I was looking forward to slowing down and Mel being home a bit more. But now I'm back into sort of the, uh, the real world of like, I've got to run a church in a whole new world. And so um, slightly flustered, to be honest. It doesn't feel like there was much of a break there. It feels like everything in the world has stopped, but actually figuring out how to adjust to that has kind of doubled the the workload in some ways. So you kind of, maybe there was a moment where it was like, oh, I might actually get to have a couple of extra days just chilling at home on the couch. No, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to adapt, baby. We are actually exploring some better audio solutions, but we're just seizing the moment here. So Benja's audio will, will get better in the next couple of episodes, but we're just trying to experiment here. At least you got one person with a, with a sweet sounding mic. Yeah. Your, your voice is better anyway. So I'll take one for the team. Your content's better. <laughs> <laughs> Just to paint people a picture, it's a very standard picture of any Inhabit episode, but five minutes ago, I'm like, come on, man, you ready? You ready to go? And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, let me write down more notes and think through the flow. And I was like, I haven't had days to think this through yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Enneagram so, Yeah, we'll come back to that. So Sunday Just Gone was a moment in history that – it's like it's completely new. Pretty much every church in Australia, many other countries, went digital all at once. There have been a few churches for a few years that have been doing some online services, but we've kind of all frowned upon them and thought, come on, you can't do an online service. You've got to be in the same room with people. Now people don't have – exactly, now people don't have a choice. So as, as one of the people who was behind – the live Facebook video, doing church, pastoring your people. How was that experience? Um, well, one, it was stressful. <laughs> we, we had about, we got our, we had, a, we turned our garage into a little streaming studio. Um, luckily we've got some great um, creatives and uh, tech, tech type people in our church. And so actually uh, end up having a, a good setup. Um, but we did that kind of within 24, uh, I think 48 hours from like getting a little team together. Um, and I was in a group chat and I think I understood about 40% of the words, maybe 30% of the words that were being thrown around. Um, but I thought it was really good as a, as a first run. Like I think um, the big thing for me that I've been thinking through the last couple of days is just how do we, how do we make sure that we, even when it comes to digitally, how do we gather together, not just um, watch content? Mm. Um, and that, and that is, that is the real, uh, 
I guess, yeah, the, the real, the real issue and problem with online church is that it's like, it becomes even more passive than, you know, what a normal Sunday gathering would be for most churches. Um, yeah. It's interesting to think. It, it makes me think that for years now, there have been people playing online games and some of them are wearing headsets or like chatting through different, you know, maybe chatting through like a, a microphone like this, but there's, there's been like an online culture where people have been finding a pretty deep sense of community that, um, again, it's probably a thing that a lot of us have just kind of thought, you can't play games with strangers online and actually have a sense of community in that, but a lot of people have. So, yeah, it just makes me think maybe we've underestimated the potential for interaction and connection online. I don't want to oversell it. You know, there is something really special about being in the room with people. But yeah, maybe if we like embrace this with a more open mind, there's huge opportunity to go beyond just watching content together. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's been it's been a, a weird journey, like internally for me, because it's like we planted our church and um, such a, such a big focus on um, being local and dinner mm. parties and sharing meals together and being in one another's homes. Um, with not much thought, I mean, we've, we've done well, you know, being present online, but I've never put any thought into the, to gathering online because, because, you know, we love the local thing and, and that's like a huge part of our calling. And even like I've, I've, you know, openly talked about here on Inhabit and in our church as well, like against, you know, what the iPhone's doing to us and against what social media's doing to us. And now like, this is, this is our world more than ever. Like, this is how I, Pastor my church like behind an iPhone screen, um, mm. which is which is pretty wild. But I think you're right. Like there's so much to learn, um, and there will be some great stuff coming come out of this, you know, globally. And already you see like so so much innovation um, in amongst the church. Like I, I watched a bunch of different church churches online. Same. It's cool to see. It's cool. It's cool to see my friends' churches and like kind of be involved in that a little bit as well. Yeah, it is cool. I think one of the really interesting things that it's done and I'll probably share about this more in future episodes. We're going to have some conversations about it because I'm just at the beginning of a church planting journey um, that's going to look very different again. And I've only just started to share that kind of publicly, um, but we were looking at starting a simple church or still are looking at starting a simple church, you know, that's kind of really focused in on gathering around meal tables and things like that. But one thing that I've, been thinking about is how every church right now has just been leveled and whether you are a mega church or a simple church or a local church down the road you have pretty much the same tools at your disposal for reaching reaching your people right now which is an interesting thought obviously there's like some level of the production value can vary a bit but actually like the tools of streaming to any number of people online live that that's available to anybody right now with a phone. And so it's kind of this thing where churches can't just rely on having a flashier building. They can't just rely on having more production quality. They actually have to do something more. We've all got it. The, the playing field has been totally leveled. And so actually it's the time more than ever for that deep and genuine, um, connection and and life that people are looking for not just 
something that looks shiny on the surface but doesn't have the depth underneath. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and weird, weird. Like, how how do you define what church you're a part of now? Like, you could you could easily on a Sunday watch ten different church services. I went to two in a row. Yeah, yeah for sure. I went from Narara to Greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to have you at church this weekend, man. I really enjoyed seeing your comment. Yeah, it was it was really good to be there, and yeah to let you know that I was there through my one comment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you were sharing with me before, you know, like thinking about broader church history and how we might think about it in this moment because there's probably like this potential for people to be just feeling such a great sense of like loss or questioning or asking how could the church survive such a change? I mean, how could it come out the other end without... I don't know, losing a bunch of people or losing momentum or things like that. But yeah, do you want to share what you were you were talking about, kind of looking at some of those situations in, in church history anyway, where people have been very surprised at what's possible without a building? Yeah, I've just been thinking about, you know, what when when this thing's over, what will we come back to find in the church? You asked me, you know, when we first got on this Zoom call, like, how's your church going? I'm like, I have no idea. Like I'd have no idea because I haven't seen people, you know, like, and it's, that's so weird. Like I don't, there's this like huge gap now I feel like between me and the, and the uh, people I'm pastoring, which is kind of weird, but just kind of, kind of thinking about, you know, what will we find when we come back um, and really encourage, I got this from uh, Alan Hirsch's book, um, The Forgotten Ways, but he talked about in 100 AD, the early church had, uh, about 25,000 people, uh, which is which is a pretty small amount, you know, thinking this is like sort of 70 years after Jesus. And then from that time, uh, 100 AD to 310 AD, um, the church grew from 25,000 to 20 million um, worldwide, mm. which is just like, it's pretty incredible. And and all of that through, um, through persecution and, you know, the church was um, in many senses illegal um and then and then in china uh missionaries went into china and started a bunch of churches um and this kind of last century and it was estimated there was about two million uh christians in china um and it's largely based on kind of the western model of church the same sort of thing that we find here uh buildings sunday gatherings um sunday services and then uh, there was a new emperor came into reign. He made um, gathering illegal. Uh, he kicked all the missionaries out. Um, and uh, they came back after, after the emperor died, really expecting to see that the, you know, the church had dissipated and died because you know, all the buildings were shut down, no public gatherings anymore. Um, but the church had grown from 2 million people to 60 million people. And wow. it's just like this, this through this kind of, a crisis and decentralization that the church actually grew. And so I've just been thinking about that and being encouraged by that about like, what could this do for the church in terms of innovation and decentralization? And we're in this weird moment where like, as much as it doesn't seem like that, um, like our, it's, it's illegal to meet as a church now, like, which is, which is so strange. And, and the go, it's not, um, you know, 
it's not evil. It's not an evil government. Like, and we understand the reasons, but like, it's actually not so different to uh, the emperor in China, like making gatherings illegal. And that's kind of the reality we find ourselves in. So I, I just find that really encouraging that um, over this time, six months or whatever it's going to be, that the church can grow and the church can grow in an exponential way. Uh, kind of excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, it just says something as well about we, I don't know, we're so good at having our plans and knowing how we're going to do the thing and getting a little bit locked in. And then often it's through the totally unexpected things we never would have planned for um, that the most beautiful, inspiring things emerge. It makes me think about in um, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, like in, in 1 Corinthians in the first chapter, like there's these few phrases I was just reading actually last night, you know, where it talks about um, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not um, to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Kind of this idea that things that we would disregard, things that we would see as foolish, things that we would see as as not the way we would choose are actually the very things God can use almost to remind us once again that actually we have nothing to boast in but uh, but the grace that we rest in through him. And um, pretty powerful reflection for the moment that, yeah, the things that we would have once thought were, were foolish or were impractical or not worth pursuing, we just don't have a choice now, but they might actually be places where the life is. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I sort of feel like Paul in some senses, like, you know, like he writes to, to his church plants and he's like, I long to be with you again in person. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. sending a video out to like, people are posting on a Facebook group or whatever. <laughs> it seems, yeah. seems like that. Yeah. I don't know if you're still there. I can see a comment. I can see a like, but like, um, <laughs> yeah. So one of the signs, I guess, of the, I don't know, the potential fruitfulness of the moment is that that episode we released last week of inhabit got the most listens in the shortest amount of time ever. And we were both watching how many people, were engaging with that, how many listens it was getting kind of going, whoa, like there's obviously something about um, trying to speak uh, maybe some calm, hopeful, uh, kind of good content into a moment that's pretty filled with um, distress and, and you know, kind of very valid um, anxiety about the future. But I guess we were trying to present, you know, a different tone and people were engaging with that. So it's kind of made us think, look, it looks like the new normal is going to be this for a while. So let's embrace it and do a whole series of episodes, um, maybe on rhythms for, for when the world is going through a pandemic, just so you're ready next time, you know, next time this happens, hopefully never. Um, but how to like really kind of lean into the opportunity. You know, we've been talking about when some things are taken away, other things remain. And as we lose things, we can also gain things. So this could be an amazing time um, to, to grow in terms of our spiritual habits and our spiritual disciplines. And even just like I've been thinking, it's like it's a real discipline right now to actually do the wise thing and stay at home. It's very easy to think that we're all superheroes and that, you know, if we go out, 
and we do the things that we've planned to do and meet with the people that we want to meet with, like we won't contribute to the problem. But if everybody thought that, that's exactly how it grows. So there's we're like there's a really forced discipline right now that's very much directly to do with love and wisdom, but it's hard. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because I, I've even found this a little bit as well. Like I've been um, wanting to, to uh, stay home as much as possible, but also like a little bit almost slightly fearful or, um, or ashamed of that, like that I, that I, you know, I kind of feel like a conspiracy theorist or something, you know, like, like freaking out about the apocalypse or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's the most loving thing we can do um, to serve those that we love and serve those that we would mm. normally be meeting with um, to be interrupted and to, to be willing to, to shift and change out of love for them rather than protection or fear for myself. Yeah. And we've talked before about <clears throat> bundling habits. I've got something caught in my throat. Let me pause and get a drink of water. <clears throat> yep. BRB. All right, I'm good. I'm back. <clears throat> got tested. Got tested. I'm all good. Yeah, results back already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's actually another discipline to not get tested if you don't need to because there's not enough right now. We want to do some new episodes, right? And uh, we'd yep. love love your feedback or ideas of things you would love us or you find helpful um, to come from us um, or, you know, ha- have a helpful conversation or at least some sort of conversation around some, some ideas or someone that we could interview. Um, I don't know how we've, we've got to get a better way of like allowing people to get us feedback. Maybe we'll start a Facebook group. Yeah. Maybe this is our moment where we need to lean into technology. We've been running away trying to run this podcast with minimal uh, online <laughs> connection points. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I had this idea for a series of episodes that I think we'll do. I'm pretty keen on doing. But kind of going back to what we were just saying about the discipline of staying home, I was thinking the other day, geez, I mean, all the days have blended together. I have no idea. I might have been thinking this an hour ago. I might have been thinking this a week ago. Time means nothing anymore. I think, I think we, you know, instead of dog years, we call it COVID years. I think every, <laughs> yeah. every like day is equal to a week in, in COVID yeah. years. Absolutely. So anyway, sometime this COVID year, I was thinking about all those people that were recently on Bondi Beach and, um, you know, uh, ScoMo got a bit angry dad at them. Uh, but I was thinking, I was like, what are they doing out there on the beach? And then I was thinking, oh, they're probably – a bunch of them are probably Enneagram sevens like me and they're probably just wanting to keep the party going and they don't want to face the negative reality of what's going on. So they're just like, ah, I'll just go to the beach. It'll be fine. And I was like sort of angry at them, but I was sort of seeing myself in them because I was like, I would, I would make that decision often. And um, I kind of got to thinking, you know, we've done an episode on the Enneagram and if you haven't listened to that, go back and, and have a listen. That's another list, uh, episode that's got pretty high listens. Um, but I was thinking about how each Enneagram type would respond differently in health and unhealth during a pandemic. And so I thought we could do a series of episodes where we kind of break down the different Enneagram types, call a few friends who identify as different Enneagram types and actually talk about what are those like impulses within you right now that you know are pulling you towards unhealth 
Like, you know, I'm sure that there are certain Enneagram numbers that are more likely to be at the shops hoarding things or to be at the beach partying um, or to be, you know, just totally disconnecting from the world in unhealthy ways. But then every Enneagram type as well, there would be expressions of health that are exactly what we need right now. So I thought it would it would be cool to do some episodes where we talk about that self-awareness using the Enneagram tool and going, how do you go through a pandemic in ways that are healthy for your personality? Because that might be a bit different to mine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. We'll probably that that's probably our first our first couple of episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a chat, if you hear this and you know the Enneagram well enough that you want to have a chat as you know, giving us some insights into your type, please send us a message on our Instagram pages or on Facebook because we'd love to call you up. So before we before we wrap up this little mini app, um, which has turned into a, a full app, um, I thought we could just each share a quick reflection on a habit, positive or negative, that we have noticed has increased uh, or has come to the surface in our, our current moment. So for you, Benj, as you've been adjusting to the new world, what's something that has been, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday was my Sabbath, um, which I think is a, an important practice, even, even in a month, in a month's quarantine, uh, when it gets that way. Um, but I usually turn my phone off. I, I try mostly to turn my phone off, not always successful, but, um, I usually turn it off Sunday night to Monday night or Sunday afternoon to Monday afternoon. And Sunday night I was fighting it all night because there was so much, um, there's so much like stimulation coming through, like, because we had just done our first digital gathering and people were just like, you know, giving me feedback and love and there's lots of ideas floating around and creativity. And like, I just wanted to keep working. Um, and I just wanted to be connected and I knew there was going to be more, things announced about, you know, lockdowns and all that sort of stuff, you know, from the news. Um, but I'm, I turned, I got my phone off. Fine. It was like, I don't know, 1130 at night or something on Sunday night. Um, but I turned it off and I'm so glad I did because I was just actually found myself so, um, so free and happy yesterday. Like I was just like where I, I think I normally would have been stressed and and dramatic i'm an enneagram one and so that's that's where i go that like i just want to i need to plan and i need, need to control things and little things become massive because i go to the unhealthy side of four um but i was instead going to the healthy side of seven um which is just sort of free and and uh, just just loving it so i'm really glad so that's good. what i did and so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, commit commit to my 24 hours without my phone because I think it's uh, a habit that's important now more than ever. Yeah, that's good. That's, you know, I need to hear that personally because I've been struggling with that one a bit and uh, I know it makes a huge difference. It is discipline, like or any discipline. It's not like it's easy to do, but man, is it good when you do it. Um, one thing for me is I've actually, I've been reflecting on how every day right now I'm feeling all of the feelings and often having moments where I'm feeling the grief and, and uh, just the shock for our small businesses, for my favorite cafes that have closed their doors, things like that. And then I'm also feeling 
like more in touch with beauty and, and wonder and seeing things like butterflies and trees and stuff that's not kind of impacted by the pandemic that I didn't necessarily see before. So I'm feeling these these kind of conf- almost conflicted feelings and I've been trying to work out how I hold them all together. And it's part of the reason I write poetry. Um, and so for me, a habit has just been to have a daily a daily poem at the moment, just trying to um, do that. And it, I've been thinking about that in terms of a spiritual habit because the Psalms are pretty much poems that hold all the feelings. They're poems that process um, deep trust in God next to really raw questions of God. Uh, they hold the kind of um, the shock and the pain next to the wonder and the awe kind of in the same breath. So, yeah, it's a bit of a creative one. But for me, I've been trying to actually use my God-given creativity to hold the huge breadth of emotions in this season. And I would encourage anybody to do that, to try and actually pick up an instrument you haven't played for a long time. Well, I saw your guitar got smashed from the the water damage of the recent floods during during the end times here. <laughs> um, oh, it's crazy. Exactly. So we need we need things like poetry and music and art and painting and cooking and listening to music as well. I just have been listening to great music when I need to get my head out of the news articles and that's been reconnecting me with um with the goodness of God and and just the beauty that is there in any situation. So yeah, I encourage anybody like there's a lot to be shocked and distressed and grieving about right now and that's all really valid. Um but lean into habits that connect you with beauty because we need beauty and wonder right now. Yeah, it's good. It sort of makes me think of um, like, so those of us in self-isolation, it would be easy just to turn this into like a flood of consumerism. Like I'm just going to like binge all the Netflix and like, there's just like so much, I feel like Instagram is going wild. Like there's so many, so many, so much content and like, you know, IG lives and like all this stuff going on and all these different people like mm. making content. It's like so easy to consume. But like I wonder if um, having specific practices and habits of creating, like that is like a fighting against the, the consumerism, like the, the outlet. Let's sort of make sure we don't just have inlets, but we have outlets as well. Mm. Um, yeah. I reckon that's, that's, sure. um, that's really cool. It's good. It's good encouragement. Yeah. Hey, uh, we might finish with uh, reading a review because we got a couple new reviews on iTunes recently. There's two actually, so I'll read one now and we can read the next one on our next episode. And, uh, you know, give us more reviews because we'll read them out. That's part, of the, that's part of the promise. So this is a very specific review. It's of Season 3, Episode 2. And Brooklyn Arnett says... Season three, episode two is the best episode of a podcast I have ever listened to in my life. It is brimming with aha moments and I am the most inspired I've felt in a long time. Unfortunately, you can't listen to this episode on its own because the episode literally starts with a warning to listen to all the episodes in order, which is a warning that came from you, Benj, that I very quickly disregarded. So yeah, you can do that, but you don't have to, people if you want to listen to that episode right now because of that beaming review from Brooklyn Arnett. 
season three, episode two, go and go and look it up. No, you have to you have to start at the start. What is that episode? Do you know? Do you remember? I don't remember these things. It is. Uh, I looked it up. It's the one called Seasons and Stages: Changing Face. Ah, yes. Very good. Mm. Well, the outro music is on, Benj, just so you know. (laughs) And we might as well use the the silky vocals of this lovely microphone here. So if you just want to make a last kind of chirp or something, you can. Perfect. Otherwise... I'll tell people, go and give us a rating and a review. Tell us if you want to be interviewed on an episode or if you have particular topics or guests you would like us to cover or interview in the coming weeks as we go through the pandemic together.